You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Basic Gordon here. Welcome to another episode of Rewind with Basa. And yes, this is the third time that you're seeing this outfit. It's okay. It's a cute outfit, right? Anywho, so right now we actually have, I've never interviewed a wrestler, so this is going to be really, really fun, especially someone that, as you guys don't know, I used to watch WWE growing up, so I got some questions. Uh, Today we are joined by Swerve Strickland, okay? We're going to bring him in as soon as we get into this intro. All right. Hey, Swerve, how you doing? I'm excellent. Excellent. It's ugly outside, but I'm feeling beautiful inside. And now it's all gloomy and it's getting dark. It is. And, whoa. and I'm upset because JC told me it was like beautiful yesterday, so I missed it by 24 hours. No, period. It was a little chilly. Don't yep. get me wrong, but it was it was a nice day. Right. Okay. Okay. I missed out on it, but I still <laughs> love it. doesn't take away my love for Seattle every time I come here. It's yeah. like my favorite city to come to. Now, you're from Tacoma. Yeah. So... Let's let's start there. Growing up in Tacoma, and then as an adult, you became a wrestler. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, space there's in between. There's a lot, there's a lot of content between that. But, but yeah, <laughs> um, I, I guess my question in. to you is, what what was like that moment when you were like, man, I want to be a wrestler? Like, I remember I used to watch like wrestling when I was younger. Yeah, and it was like I would be sucked in. Like, oh, same. if I missed yeah. an episode, like I was recording WWE. Like, my mom would record her soap operas. Yeah. And then when people started moving over to Raw, I was pissed because I was like, wait a minute. Like, you mess it, it throws your whole flow out. Money. Like, it, throws, it throws your whole flow out because now you're like, oh, now I got to check in on Fridays to save my favorite wrestler. And, and then stuff you're missing like stuff. Like, yeah. the storyline doesn't make any sense all of a sudden anymore. Oh, yeah. So, what, what was the moment when Lil Swerve was like watching wrestling and was like, you know what? I want to do that. Honestly, like, well, when I was, like, little, like, I was born in Tacoma, Washington. I was only there for, like, two months of my life. Oh, wow. Then I moved to Germany. Then I lived in Germany until I was eight years old because I was an army brat. Uh-huh. So, um, it fir- the first love was, like, action figures, cartoons. I loved Sonic. I loved Ninja Turtles. I loved um, uh, uh, Power Rangers. I had all the figures and stuff like that, and I drew them all on my wall. I didn't paper i just drew them on the wall mm-hmm. and my mom was like yeah okay cool live life just <laughs> enjoy it. i filled up the walls all the time so i was like always just creating and creating and creating and drawing and stuff i go outside i had friends but i would mainly play to myself because my imagination i would just use my imagination to create and do all that stuff mm-hmm. so when we came back to the states around like like nine years old for me it was like york pennsylvania I grew up pretty much in that pennsylvania lancaster area central pa mm-hmm. and it was like around 12 years old is where I watched that episode of SmackDown when Rey Mysterio debuted. And that's where I was just like, okay, that's like my imagination come to life. This yeah. is the actual person. All those like created cartoons, those Power Ranger outfits, those Ninja Turtle moves, the sonic speed and all that. Like this it is was, the movie version of it. It was like put into one person yeah. of like a Rey Mysterio. His entrance, he popped up out of the floor and Pyro went everywhere and stuff like that. This was like 2002. And I was like, was, and I was like 12 years old at the time. So I'm like, yeah, this is like my imagination come to life. And that's yeah. where I was like, I didn't know I wanted to be a pro wrestler, but mm-hmm. I knew like wrestling was like, I was passionate about it. And I started watching every single day since then. Every, like every video game I purchased, 
every like um show I watched. Um, when I went to my dad's house in Buffalo, New York for the summers, uh-huh. like we went to uh, the HSBC Arena at the time in Buffalo, New York. We went to there, seen live wrestling, stuff like that. Got to see like witness how like grown and adult these guys were. They're like huge, like enormous, like cartoon like way characters. bigger than they look on TV. Way bigger. You know, and like I was still sitting pretty far back and they still seemed like enormous to me. <laughs> and it's crazy, like um, growing up, like actually getting into professional wrestling years later, I ended up wrestling some of those guys that yeah. I grew up watching. Wow. You know, yeah, so, and, and I'm pretty good friends with them. I've actually wrestled Rey Mysterio since then. Well, what, what, yeah. like, OK, the day that you found out, like being that this is someone that like literally sparked that interest in you. Yeah. The day you found out that you were going to wrestle him. What was your first thought? Well, like that day, it was like I was on work mode, so I wasn't really going back to child, yeah, like wonder that feel yet. Because I was just like, all right, I'm worth some Rey Mysterio. Let's get it. Gotta get this this, this show on the road. We main eventing so, as thousands of people in the stands, Tennessee. Let's get it done. And so I was just in work mode, grind. Like it was until like after the night, the night after or the week after, it was like. You know, I just wrestled a guy that inspired me. After like I wrestled my in. Spider-Man, you know, like that was my hero come to life. And I've wrestled him. And it was funny. Like when we came up to each other before the show, he was like, he's like, Hey man, like I've been a fan of your stuff for a while. I always wanted to work with you, man. I'm like, damn, he's saying that about my work and yeah. stuff like that, which is crazy. Like anybody in the world, he was saying that about my work. That's yeah. like blew my mind before we even got in the ring together. That's so yeah, it's crazy. What kind of training do you typically have to do on like a day to day basis? Mainly, uh, I stay conditioned. Like I just try to condition and make sure I have core workouts in, because mm. a lot of like people see like oh, it's biceps and leg workouts and stuff like that. But for me, it's it's all in the center of gravity, your mass right here, like your chest and your torso and your back and everything is what helps. You move and what helps control other people to move and place where they need to be. Oh, wow. Which is the the number one job. You know, you want to place people where they need to be and you got to be in control of it. It's a lot of up, down, up, down, take the beating type movement, up, down, up, down, take the beating. So all of it's all here. Interesting. And so that's why I mainly focus on training wise. Do you guys have to like literally learn how to fall? Yeah. Like so, that's like a real thing, you yep. guys. Like, yep. it's, it's like it's like a stunt, a stunt coordinating in Hollywood. You mm-hmm. learn how to fall. You, you learn your fronts, your side falls, your flip falls, and all stuff like that. But Same the injuries are real. Yeah, like people really get injured, yeah. even though it's like kind of all, some of it's like planned things. Yeah, it, it, uh, it, we all get, we get hurt every week, every match. Damn. We're always hurt, but <laughs> after a while, it's like. Oh, that hurt. All right, moving on. And you just kind of—it's just like, like a part of the game yeah, after a while. Yeah, like everything, like usually hurts in the ring. Like running the ropes, just running against the ropes hurts your body. Hurts your body. Wow. You know, I've seen people break their ribs on the ropes. You know, so like, anything hurt. But it's all about the training. Is just like that's why people do it for so long and so many years. You have to. You have to do it multiple times because you have to build up the callus so it doesn't hurt anymore. Now it's just a part of what you do. Wow. So some people that come in and just can do one match, like they build up these celebrities to do one big match after three months and stuff, mm-hmm. they come and do it. They're like dead afterwards, you know, they're because like, they're just not used to all of that. Because They're not used to doing it night in, night out, getting on the road, getting on the card night in, night out, getting on the road. So they can like do these great performances the one time mm-hmm. and they, they're like, it's awesome. Thank God. They're like, if you're a, if you're a good athlete, you can 
perform pretty well. Mm -hmm. It's just the people don't see the other side the next night, the next day, how much of a toll it really takes on people. Yeah. Even for the best athletes in the world, like a Logan Paul, one really great athlete in boxing and stuff, very well accomplished as well. Mm -hmm. Performed his ass off in Crown Jewel, you know, awesome job, but torn MCL, torn ACL body like you're not going to see him for months on end because yeah. his body's not calloused enough to do it weekly night in night out this city this city that city four times a week that's the difference between like doing it and being it i was going to ask like what what do professional professional wrestlers and boxers think about like celebrities and youtubers that mm -hmm. want to jump in the ring uh for professional wrestling it's we were our our business was grown on that. We mm -hmm. know it was it was bred from that from the foundation. We've had Muhammad Ali coming in WrestleManias. We had Mr. T main event WrestleMania one. You know you've had like um, Sinatra's and like um, uh, what's her name? Uh, oh man, Becky Lynch just played her in the Young Rock show. Uh, uh, her name's on the tip of my tongue, but the um, basically. Um, we've always had celebrities involved mm -hmm. in the sport of what we do because that's what made it a, a festive must see event. You know, like that's always been uh, is the showcase of the immortals. You mm -hmm. know, and so I think it's always beautiful to have crossover celebrities come in, get a little mixed in a little bit because you want that crossover appeal. You want people that who don't normally watch your product, but they are a fan of him or her. They come in and do something. Now it's like, oh, I don't so I didn't see the show, but I followed that person, mm -hmm. that celebrity, and now I'm like, okay, maybe I need to tune in a little more, yeah, because they getting involved with it. And that I I love their I love what they do. So they if they love that, I love that, yeah. And that's where our you know our society is. That they like that, they follow that. Cindy Lauper came through ah. one of the first couple, <laughs> first couple WrestleManias. I thought that Trina was supposed to be going on there too. She did. Yeah, she, she did? Yeah, it already happened? Slam. Yeah. Damn, exactly. how did I miss it? Follow Trina. You'll follow us. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. The, the, and it was like the week she went into the BT Hip Hop Awards Honors, too. Wow. So we she came in with us on uh, that Wednesday at uh, Grand, Grand Slam. Uh-huh. And uh, when we did the uh, the uh, uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, it was like 12,000, 13,000 people. Wow. She came and did something there. Something there. And, a lot, and some people, even our fan base was like, Trina, I've heard of Trina in a long time. Well, Trina, or some people were like, this is a new generation, so these like 15, 16 years like, who's that? Like, who's Trina? What's the Trina? Who's the Trina? And then, like, you see, you follow her, you see Shade Room, mm -hmm. and you see, like, Double um, XL take this news, and it just swarms into, like, a media frenzy, and it goes into BT Hip Hop Awards. And they're like, oh, they're honoring her at BT Hip Hop Awards? She must be big. Yeah. Oh, she's big and mess with them. That means, so now you're getting two fan bases that aren't familiar with one or the one's not familiar with the other. It becomes a whole thing. It becomes a thing. And then she's mentioning AEW on the red carpet at the BET Hip Hop Awards. You know, so now they're getting a taste of that. So now it's like, this. that's when the beauty of cross-marketing and cross-platform artists, uh, athletes, mm -hmm. boxers getting into pro wrestling, wrestlers, Brock Lesnar going into MMA and winning a world championship doesn't happen often. One of the very few that ever done it. That's builds that builds both brands interesting so it basically keeps it alive and it keeps it circulating around different audiences it's like yes. oh i typically wouldn't watch wrestling but i like trina so let me see what's going yeah. on over here yeah. i like kevin gates <laughs> let me check that out a little bit check you know? this out real quick yeah and I, I think that's the beauty of everything
Although I don't think it's just a wrestling and sport thing. I think it's entertainment worldwide. I feel like I seen that you did some acting. I did a short a short horror film. Now, actually, do you feel like you were able to do that because it was just something that you had in you, or do you feel like wrestling also helps you like do that because oh, sure. of the character that you have to play when you're at work? For me, um, what I learned pretty much like the second half of my career because I've been doing it 13 years. A March will make 14. Mm-hmm. The second half of my career was camera work. Mm. Like I, sp- I spent the first half trying to be the best wrestler, the best athlete I could be. You know, have the best matches, and after a while, you can only there's only so high you can go with that kind of stuff, and then you got to find who are you within the action, who are you, who how is um little Jake who's seven years old going to emulate me when he goes in the playground? Mm. What a part of me can he take to just like what I used to do when I was a kid drawing pictures and stuff like that? I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle because I wanted to be Raphael because I liked. His at his attitude, his personality. I wanted to be the Black Ranger because he could do this. And that. Yeah. How can I have another kid do the same thing? Like I'm swerved because I do this mm-hmm. on the playground or at school, and then that translates to the next kid, the next kid, the next kid. You know, and um, it became camera work. Like, what faces can I make? What um things can I do with my teeth, my look? that people are going to want to play me as a character on Halloween, Mm. you know, dress up as your favorite inspiration at school day. I want kids to try to dress up and emulate who I am. And I feel like me seeing my face so often Mm -hmm. every week on television or when I was on the independence, getting my matches sent back to me, how close the camera was. I'm like, Oh man, there's a moment right there. There's a couple seconds I could take to do something. You know, I need to, or when I went to WWE and NXT and stuff, it was like, it went from like not just what can you do in the ring, how can you make me feel about you in the ring, mm. and that's where it like started turning and changing. And I started doing it for everything. My podcast, I try to have a facial reaction to a guest responding to a question or going into a deep story about them personally, like me reacting to that or reacting to my guests and the cross talk and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And timing, timing was big too, and with. Like pro wrestling, you get one shot at it. So yeah. your timing has to be on point. Pinpoint. You get one <laughs> no shot. No mistakes allowed. Yeah. And that's that discipline is where it kind of translated to like kind of like acting where you get like, cut. All right, Kate, uh, we're going to move camera here. Cut. All right, like, just do this one more time. All right, cut. And like, I'm like, oh, this is so much easier yeah. than I thought because I usually get one chance to do this. <laughs> right? One chance and it's done. Yeah. In front of <laughs> 10,000 people. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So now it's like five, like, 20 people a set in a crew of people. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Not that bad. At least they know me. (laughs) Join us this holiday season at the Fifth Avenue Theater and feel the power of love overflowing with the winds. Filled with soaring soul and R&B songs, it's an effervescent explosion of music, dance, and magic your whole family will love. Ease on down the yellow brick road with Dorothy as she learns home isn't really where you live. It's who you love. The Wiz at the Fifth Avenue Theater, November 19th through December 23rd. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Now, you did miss mention your podcast. It's called Swerve City Podcast. Yes. For those that haven't heard it, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, it, we're about five years running now. We've, um, we literally, me and my um, co-host, Montezzi, mm-hmm. uh, Antoine Moore, um, he is, a, a just been one of the best rappers, artists that I know personally, 
for like such a long time, been doing it for like 17 years now. He was mentored by uh, Buster Rhymes nice. and Shamelo Durant, who wrote a lot of. Did you see that Buster Rhymes dropped a new project? Yeah, I heard about oh. that. And of course, he's going to be killing it as usual. And he always has a different sound too. Yeah, this is many years he's still creating new sounds. That's like it, it is a little bit different. It, of course, it's a little bit. It, it's not like crazy different, but it's it's timely different. If that yeah. makes any sense, I'm gonna I'm check it out. I haven't had the time to yet, but I'm gonna check it out probably this weekend. But yeah, he was mentored by Busta. And um, he uh, does a lot of wrestling theme music. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like some certain people like you'll see on TV or AEW and stuff. You'll hear Montezzi's voice or contributions to their music and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like Sammy Guevara, he does his entrance music and stuff like that. Um, So he interviewed me years ago for just like his YouTube channel was building his YouTube content. And we was like, yo, you're a really good, like, host. Why don't yeah. we, like, do something together? So we just thought of the idea, did some high spot interviews, which was went to straight to DVD at the time. And then we just, like, started doing some IG lives with some friends. And then that built into, like, hey, I know a guy with a camera. Oh, I know a guy who can make graphics. I know a guy that can do social media. And it was just, like, we went to, like, our buddy Siren, who does videography, mm -hmm. our buddy Mike who's from LA now in Florida. He does a lot of like graphic design and audio editing and our buddy X, uh, Alex, who does the social media, the gimbal and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. who's, they're all like just integral parts of what we do. And we formed the sort of city podcast together. And we did like about 20 episodes that were on our YouTube channel. It's still there. And we had like a lot of my wrestling friends. They came through. Then we had like a lot, a lot of our music, his music friends come through. We had some comedians, you wow. know, and we no noticed there's parallels to like everybody's going through the same type of struggle in mm -hmm. the industry. And then we was like, this isn't just a wrestling thing. This isn't just a comedy thing. This is just an acting thing. This is just like, this is an entertainment thing. So that's where it really grown into just like building confidence through entertainment and like what the struggle is. And everybody went through the same struggles of what they had to do to make it to where they are to be successful. Yeah. So we kind of put these worlds together and that's where we came up with first city podcast since then, we got um, we we had ten episodes purchased by the WWE, and we got ten episodes on the WWE Network. We had WWE Champion Drew McIntyre nice. on there. We've had Pat McAfee on, and um, we've had William Regal. We've had like like a lot of like great performers, and we had like then on our own channel, we've had you know um, Samoa Joe. Uh, we've had Lisa Ann. You know, we've had like. Charlotte Flair, like world champions, wow. like great. Like it's been amazing. Brad Williams, you know, it's been an awesome time. We're still growing, still doing our thing. And now we're about to do the Jericho cruise come February. Now Jericho cruise as someone that is not like fully immersed <laughs> into mm -hmm. the uh, WWE world anymore. What is that cruise about? So this is a, a all elite wrestling product now. Ooh. Yeah, this is AEW. Jericho's been with AEW for about three years now. Uh -huh. uh, you know, Chris Jericho, absolute legend mm -hmm. within wrestling and music right now. Um, he has a cruise that they've been doing for the last three years. Nice. This will be my first time going on it, uh -huh. which is awesome. I never, I never been on a cruise. So to, yeah, yeah I'm not a big fan of water. Big bodies of water. Not a big You fan. know, no. I, I have some feelings as to why we're not, but we digress. You know, <laughs> but if you're going to combine wrestling and music and podcasting, I'm going to be there. Heck so yeah. um, he invited us on to host the like podcasting, probably, probably live. I don't know. This is also like 
wrestlers, we make shift what we do. We kind of mm-hmm. like, sh- <laughs> like, oh, we have this, we have this. Don't know how we're going to combine them yet, but let's f- see, figure out, see what Something happens. Something great is going to happen no matter yeah. what because it's a bunch of great people in the room. Exactly. <laughs> You're talented. You have a camera. You can audio. Let's, uh, we'll figure it well, out. Yeah, yeah. We got 13 hours to figure it out. All right, let's do it. So that's what we're pretty much going to do with that. I'm um, going on a cruise with like, some of the best wrestlers, like if not the best wrestling roster in the world with all Love elite it. wrestling. You know, they invited Jay Cargill on. Jay Cargill just did the Breakfast Club mm-hmm. this past week, our uh, TBS Women's Champion. Oh, nice. She just like did some with Charlemagne and DJ Envy. Huge, huge, big cross platform. The only the only female wrestler to ever do the show. Wow. For them. The only other one was Big E. So I'm just glad our people are getting in to yeah. those markets, you know. Um, we got like, you name them, like, Top of the card, like Brian Danielson coming, going to be there. Jericho, Sammy Guevara, got Wardlow going to be on there. He's, you name them, they're going to be there. And I'm going to be interviewing them. I'm, I don't know if I'm wrestling, but I'm going to be doing some big things. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, Hopefully I'm doing I want some to perform, great stuff. I to perform music on there, too. Um, Speaking of music, before I go into my other question, uh, what got you into doing music? My co-host, Teezy. Yeah. Yeah. We like I said, he's a musician. Been doing it for so many years, and we talk music all the time. Were you time. like freestyling or something? He was like, "Hey, let's no, I'm a you. terrible freestyler. I hate when people ask me to do it. I'm terrible at it." <laughs> hey, at least you know. Like, there's yeah. some people that are like, "Yeah, I can do it," and all of a sudden they're like coleslaw and potatoes and yeah. chips, and you're like, yeah. you know, if you See the did... I heart on the back of the thing, yeah, yeah. you yeah. put this thing in the back of the thing, <laughs> man. Yeah. I'm like, eh. like if you you knew good and well yeah. that was not your forte, you could have just said that. No, no, I, I'll tell you, yeah, I'm I'm not a good freestyle artist, but I'm a I think I'm getting better at formulating music, mm. which is like probably even harder. One of the hardest things to do in the music is just like write something or put something together the proper way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I did, I got a song with Music Soul Child out Love there. Music Soul Child. Uh, another legend I grew up listening to that I now can say is like a friend of mine. Um, did music with Juice from Flatbush Zombies, Mickey Fax, hip hop legend John Connor, who used to be signed with Shady Aftermath. Wow. Um, just like competing with like just some. MCs, yeah, big MCs people. In this, yeah, and it's growing now. I got Rick Ross like co-signing me on live TV on AEW. Kevin Gates is like a affiliate of mine. It's growing, and like I've only been doing music for like three, four years, and I got three albums out on all streaming platforms of Swerve City, and I got my third song out on my own with Swerve the Realist, and like it's tracking pretty good. I got like four hundred thousand streams already. Oh, wow. Like. Not not pretty not bad for my first. So it's coming song. real natural for you at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I owe it all to my uh, co-host Montezzi. Man, he's he's unreal. He's a super talented dude. Taught me from ground up, and then, like literally just threw me in the ringer with like heavy hitting MCs, like right it. away. And I'm like, oh, I gotta write and compete with this. Like, <laughs> let me figure out how to get eight bars. Now I'm like, like okay. I figured out eight. Let me get eight double timed. Let me get 12. Like, let me get an A-B-B-A like, <laughs> combination, like rhyme schemes and stuff like that. And then like Burgess and Kane from the UK coming in, just hot spitting on this. I'm like, okay, what am I doing right now? <laughs> like, I'm like, signing how did we get on. here? Yeah. I'm like, we're just trying to put a song together. Now we got three albums deep. So it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Wow. Going very well. So let me ask you this. When we were in the hallway, we were talking about being like one of very few like black people in our industries yes what 
has it been like these last 13 years being like one of few black males that are actually making it within this wrestling industry? Um, we I, I said it to you out there. It was just like the coolest thing is we get to stand out like instantly. Like, oh, man, there's an African-American in that that form, like when pro wrestling, like like you see like um seven match card. Maybe two of those matches will have black people in it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, so we stand out right away. But at the same time, we have to exceed the expectations every time. Yeah. We can't just be good enough. We can't just be, oh, he was all right. We have to, like, do the most to stand out and just be, like, we have to steal the show. That's our standard every time. We can't just get by. No. No. (laughs) We can't. And and the pressure's there, but it's also, we're also only as good as our last performance. Mm -hmm. So we have to do it again and then again and then again. And then we have an off night. And eh, maybe he doesn't belong. Like, what like, happened well, to the, the four opportunity for la- last shows that I did? Like, what happened to the last five years of me committed to this? And, you know, like doing the same work as this person did. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. Doesn't even matter anymore. Yep, it doesn't matter. All that's wiped clean because of one off night. So we have to be cautious about how we're, we present ourselves and how we're perceived every, every single time. So me, um, we kind of already get boxed into like a certain parody of like, oh, he's a rapper slash wrestler. I'm like, I'm like, so I'm like, okay, you already see me as that because of the way I dress yeah. and stuff like that. I don't like to you. I don't look like a wrestler in wrestling and wrestling or rap. I don't look like I don't look like the rapper and then in wrestling. I don't look like the wrestler or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of figured out like, let me combine both. So I kind of confuse you with both sides of it. So now I'm not a rapper. I'm a mogul. Like Now I'm like putting myself on a little bit of a pedestal mm-hmm. of that. So I'm not just like boxed in here. Now I'm kind of like I'm in that lane and that format, but I'm also like deviated away from it a little bit. So people kind of look at me in a different type of respect in a sense, you know, um, the, I, I constantly have to navigate and adapt. I have to constantly which I'm pretty sure you have to do the same thing. You have to constantly adapt and navigate and survey the landscape. Where do we fit? What's missing? How can I fill that lane with what I offer? Mm-hmm. What What's nobody's offering that I have that talent and ability and the connections and the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. So you got to, and we, and that's not just a one time and you do it, you have to do it, then tap back into it a week, a month later. Period. Then you got to survey again, tap back into it a week and a month later. Then do it all over again, and it's just constant and constant and constant, and we have to always knock it out of the park. Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I really don't like labels. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like being labeled as a radio host or a content creator or an influencer or just a simple like a black woman. Like, I don't like mm-hmm. I don't like the labels because no. I'm all of that and so much more. It's like once you start being like, okay, she's a radio host. Then all of a sudden I want to say, go do some music or maybe I want to do acting. It's like, oh, well, that's not what I'm used yeah, to her you're doing. You're going outside like, of your box. Yeah. And it's like, well, who told you to put me in this damn box? Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for a box. I didn't definitely didn't ask for a lid. So I why do you think they limit? Point, why do you think they put there's always a limitation on that? It seems like. I think that there's limitations due to people being intimidated by what we can do when we are in the door. Which is why I don't I don't like the labels because it's like I'm going to do what I want to do that feels natural for me, 
I'm not going to do it because I'm a black woman. I'm not going to do it because I'm the only woman in the room. I'm doing it because it's something that I want to do. It's something mm-hmm. that I'm good at. So it's like outside of my skin tone, outside of what I look like, outside of my job, I am still a person, you know what I mean? And yep. I still have things I like to do. I still have things that I want to do. And I still have like dreams and goals. But it's like, I I don't like that they really will sometimes just box black people into like, okay, you're a rapper. So yet now you can't wrestle mm-hmm. or you're a rapper. So you can't do rock music or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like, they fear can what I they can't understand. An and artist? <laughs> I think they fear what they can't understand and can't control. Yeah. Is that's like, that's too much. So I got to put it in a sense where I can understand it. It's almost like this is like, it's almost like getting the computer for the first time. Mm. I was like, no, this is a computer. No, but you can also do this with it, do this with it. Like, yeah, but it's a computer. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more than that. Like, you can create this. You can do that. You can do this. Download this. You can do this. You can do this. It's all co- like, you don't need all these other things. Yeah. No, I have this for that. I have this for that. And I have this for that. You are the computer. Do the way computers do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, ah, I'm a lot of things. Right. <laughs> I'm a lot right. of things. I even went to school for web design. It's like, huh, I can't I, I can't stand labels. But they're there. And I know that people put them there because, like you said, people have to be able to understand what's going on a little mm-hmm. bit better. And when you sometimes don't have a label, I feel like people get a little bit uncomfortable. But that's not my problem. You know what I mean? It's also the way things have been for so many so long. And the change is kind of like yeah. intimidating and it hits people in the face a little hard. Somewhere in like in the back of the throat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that. A world of wonder awaits at Pacific Northwest Ballet's The Nutcracker. Treat your loved ones to the Northwest's favorite holiday tradition at Seattle Center's McCall Hall. Tickets start at $27. Visit pnb.org. Uh, okay, so you are actually going to be, well, actually, you know what? Let's go to tomorrow, this Saturday. Washington Hall, you will be fighting for the undisputed Undisputed Defy Championship against Randy Myers. Uh, Christopher Daniels was at Scoff. Chef. 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 Yeah. Chef. Great name. (laughs) (laughs) Chef. Uh, Debbie Richards. Um, Artemis. Artemis Spencer. Artemis Spencer and Ladder Match. Yeah. It's a lot going on there. It's so much. That's so, why and you got this gotta, is all happening at Washington Hall. All at Washington Hall. That's why you got to come and see this because that's so much to <laughs> digest at one time, and that's going to be what the action is too. Like I've honestly said, like Defy has the greatest wrestling crowd I've ever been to. Uh-huh. I've wrestled in Canada. I wrestled in Mexico. I've wrestled in Europe, and Europe is great, amazing. UK, Ireland, Germany, all of them amazing crowds. There's nothing like Defy. And it's Defy in Washington Hall. There's something special about that building. I was the first main event back in 2016 against Cody Rhodes. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cody Rhodes is like doing amazing things in WWE right now. He was helped build AEW from ground up. Um, so that was 
now he's like pretty much a wrestling legend on wow. his way to becoming one that I was like in the main event with the one of the, with him in the first night. And now I, I won the interim championship because mm-hmm. Randy Myers was stuck over in Canada since the COVID situation. Now he's coming back to reclaim and become the undisputed championship. But I'm the one holding the throne as the king of Defy Wrestling. So they have to beat you to get it. Yeah, all five of them. I'm the competition and wow. I'm the placeholder. So are they all fighting you at one time it's or a, wrestling you at one all. time? It's a free for all. We're all fighting each other. You know, oh. object to win, you got to climb the ladder and get it's the It's like the WrestleMania type thing. Right, yeah. like I, I, I remember all the WrestleMania type of action in one hall, one building. What am I doing tomorrow? When does this start? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're going to be a Washington I'm Hall, like, watching I, the fight. I, fight I wave. don't think I have anything to do. You don't, JC. I don't think I have anything to do after 1 p.m. We have a remote tomorrow, but after that, I... hey, our show starts at seven, and it's, oh, a, oh, it's yeah. like ten minutes away. <laughs> we have time. Yeah, we got time. <laughs> we it's going to be awesome. Time. Is is incredible building. Like seriously, like uh, we pretty much make history in that building every show we have, and right. like this is gonna be history made again. I don't think we've ever had a ladder match in Defy ever. So this is the first ever ladder match there. Wow. Yeah. Now this honestly feels better each and every time I. Get crowned on some gold. It never gets old to me. And it shouldn't get old to y'all, and none of y'all should be surprised. Like I said back in February, I'm going to climb the ladder of success here in Dubai. And on top of that, I'm going to take a seat at my throne right where I belong. This just happened to be a ladder ball. Okay, so let me also ask you about this. Have you heard that lab-grown meat has been approved by FDA for human consumption? I have not heard this. I found that out today. It sounds synthetic. It's uh, cell-cultivated meat. What do we do with this information? (laughs) So basically what they're (laughs) saying is they're making it to where... Eventually, you won't have to actually eat like live animals. Right. And so they're making the meat in the lab. Mm-hmm. My thought on this is if you're over here to the point where you've already tested this on people, mm-hmm. you've been working on this for a minute. Oh, yeah. So my question is, are we running out of food? And if so, why not just say that? <laughs> we run out of animals. Like, and you know I, mean? I think we're also like this, is the the vegan society. Like, I think people are getting more and more like uncomfortable eating live animals. Yeah. So, okay, you want meat, but you don't want to kill animal. Here's this alternative right here. Yeah. We made this lab meat <laughs> that we feed to astronauts usually. We've been working on it for like 50 years, but now we're comfortable to say it's actually ready for the public. Humans. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's wow. what I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of us running out of animals, but I also just feel like, there's something that's going on that they don't that they're not telling us and there's a reason why they're like making all this stuff in labs for just in case something goes crazy. We, th- th- my thing is they've been making movies about this kind of thing for like 70 years. True. This is not just like 
fiction. It's not just like that. Those ideas coming from something. There's inspiration sure. coming from somebody seen some things and wrote reports and journals. True. And we just turn them into movies. Cinema. Yeah. But the, we've been talking about this stuff for so long now. This is true. This is very true. We're just now finally living it. Yep. It's like it's one here. big black mirror. We like we they they made films about the future for what 40, 50 years. Actually, no longer than that. Since like like they've been making like um what attack of from alien the the attack of the um whatever the mm-hmm. zombie things or something from outer space. They've been doing that since like the thirties and forties. Wow. We're pretty much here now. True. True. We're here. Um. So Keith Lee walked out on you. What was that correct? about? Because he doesn't want to do the dirty work. Uh. To to win our AEW Tag Team Championships back. We were in Prudential Center this past Saturday for full gear pay-per-view, and we were the co-main event. First of all, I got to put this out there. I've said it before at the Media Scrum. I'll say it again here. At All Out a couple months ago, we, me and Keith Lee were the defending AEW World Tag Team Champions. We faced the acclaimed. We were the only match in AEW's history where four black men wrestled for a championship. Wow. First time in this history. This is the year three in the company's history. Young history. We were the first ever match on pay-per-view where we had two black teams, two, uh, two black uh, tag, tag teams wrestle for the championship. Then we did it again this last um, Saturday at Full Gear. Same tag teams. Two two pay-per-views in a row. Never has happened before. I don't think there's ever been two tag two, um, tag team title matches with the same two teams back-to-back pay-per-views. That's never happened. So now we were able to do that and like really accomplish some history there in the company. So knowing that we're facing a team that we've faced two times before for the same championship, knowing we had to, these guys are good. There's also some adversity against us. Mm-hmm. Me and Keith aren't seeing eye to eye. I got to do some, I got to take some measures, a little drastic. I got to get a little creative with how we win this. And I offered Keith another way that we can win these championships back. And it may be out of his character, but it's certainly not out of mine. Mm -hmm. How are we going to get it? Are you willing to do it? And to me, him walking out on me showed me he's not willing to go the lengths that's necessary to be a champion. Well, that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate, especially when it's something where it's like this has to be a team effort. Has to be. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. So then it's like, well, now I can't get my championship because you don't want to be a team effort. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just... Not only that, he gave up our championship, like, our rights to it because he wants to face his morals. I'm facing reality. Gotcha. Of what it takes in our industry to win. You know, not everything is cut and dry these days. You it's know, not, it's not. It's not so simple. Um, okay, so before we uh, let you out of here, I got to do six randoms with Besa. Ooh. Uh, when you come back to town, where do you like to eat? I don't even know. Uh, anywhere with teriyaki. Anywhere with... De- okay. Anywhere. Anywhere. Where, like, do you have, like, a favorite teriyaki spot at all? No, I just, like, oh, they have teriyaki. I'm going there. <laughs> You're like, it's all like... Yeah. Okay, does it have to have the thick sauce teriyaki? Because some of these teriyakis, it, it gives, like, soy sauce with sugar. I don't mind the sugar. I don't mind it. 
But yeah, yeah, you're right. The thick sauce. Yeah. <laughs> thick sauce. Yeah. Okay. Anywhere I can find like a rice bowl or something like that. <laughs> I don't care if it's at the airport for $35 or if it's like on the corner. Like, you know. You're, you're, yeah. I'm going to get it. I actually have my own at home now just because sometimes I'll order it and I'm just like, what is this? They're not providing what, what you need. No. So no. I, I have my own <laughs> bottle of hoisin. I have my own bottle of teriyaki sauce. I have a big bottle of sriracha. I'm like, what you're not going to do is play with me and my sauces. We're not doing that. No. Um, I'm not a big sauce guy. I'm really? more like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not big in condiments like that. Oh, okay. Well, fair uh, enough. Uh, when you're not wrestling, what do you like to do to relax? Video games. Video games? What's your favorite game right well. now? Wait, I have a pet whoa, pig. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep. <laughs> Yep. That's Cuddy would say. You can't just speed past that. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, about that. Yeah. So um yeah, I got a pet pig. He's like 115 pounds. Lives in the house. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is he yeah. crap everywhere? Outside. <laughs> Where he's so he's like to. trained? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, so what made you want to get a pig? When I was drawing pictures on the wall, I was drawing pigs too. <laughs> I wanted a pig when I was since I was a kid. Why can't you just get everything you wanted? I love that. If I have the if I have the resources, I'm like, yeah, get a pig, and he's excellent. Okay, okay. Uh, House doesn't smell, but hasn't smelled better. Literally, the cleanest animal, cleaner than a dog, cleaner than a cat. I promise you. Interesting. Yep. Well, I guess I gotta take your word for it. I've never been around a yeah. pig in person, so heck, if I know. One misconception of wrestling. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many. If I can, if I can narrow it down, I, I could easily say it's not as easy as you think. But I, a lot, I think a lot of people don't think it is very easy. Um, you sacrifice ten times more than you get in. From mm. it. Wow. Yeah. And that's not just the average. That's the majority of the average. Wow. Yeah. Uh, What would you tell the, I don't know, 12-year-old black kid in Tacoma that wants to be a wrestler? Like, what would you tell him to look forward to in, like, his warnings? Like, this is going to happen, but keep going. Yeah. Oh. Um. Prepare yourself for no. Prepare yourself to hear the word no often and be adaptable. Mm. Be adaptable, not just like physically, but mentally and spiritually too. There's things, there's times you're going to be tested, like not just like, oh, challenges in the ring and stuff. It's the outside of the ring that will test you, mm -hmm. your morality, like, and, um, a no also doesn't mean you failed either. Failure doesn't mean it's a no. You know, it's like it's a it's a bunch of different things. And so like I will say always always adapt. Be knowledgeable of be knowledgeable of the industry. And know that if it's I'll, I'm I'm speaking in a sense of like when you already got into it, mm -hmm. when you already like kind of in the grind and stuff like that. Early on, don't think of yourself as being so special that it can't happen to you mm. as well. Like, oh, I'm going through some stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is unfair. I'm like, 
you're not that special where <laughs> this hasn't happened to this person, this person, yeah. this person, and that company, that company, that company. It happens everywhere. It's about how you adapt to that and come out on top. And make sure it's all about giving. You don't just take, 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 take. You have to give something. Mm-hmm. It, whether it's a lot or all of you, as, as sometimes. You want to get to the point at your career when it's like now you've given so much. Now it's time to take it, everything that the business can offer you. Mm-hmm. But some people think it's just like the one way street. I'm like, no, no. The first half, you're going to spend the first I, I, the, your career goes in three and in, in threes. Mm-hmm. Friends spend the first half of your career losing, first third of your career losing. The middle part, you reach your peaks and you, you start winning a lot, and then on your way out, you start losing again. So you're going to spend two thirds of your career losing. Wow. How are you going to take that? Is up to you. Wow! 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 That's. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but yeah. damn, it's a harsh reality. It's what LeBron's doing now. <laughs> That was my stomach, by the way. You need some teriyaki. <laughs> Probably. I was actually thinking about getting some Thai yeah. food. Um, last question. If you could pick any celebrity, who would you wrestle? Oh, man. You know, I think it would be, he'd be a great crossover athlete. And, um, like, I, I wrestle Michael B. Jordan. Really? As Killmonger. Oh. I don't want I don't want Michael B. Jordan. You want Creed. Killmonger. I want Killmonger <laughs> with the divots in his body and all that. I want I want the whole getup in the suit without the mask. So pay to see. I that. need people to know it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I would so pay to see that. What was it like a gold tooth or something yep. that he had? I want the whole thing. I want the getup. I want it all. I love it. Well, shoot, Swerve. I want to thank you so much for coming and making this your first stop when you come back to town. Um, what is next outside of what you have going on this weekend? Mm, man, um, right now, um, we're on the road to January 4th, AEW in Seattle. This first is the debut in the Pacific Northwest for the company. We're going to do the big, what, what's the arena? Climate. Yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to sell that mother out. Um, it's going to be a crazy reaction from the crowd. Like, Myself, Brian Danielson, and Darby Allen, all the Seattle guys, mm-hmm. I want to be on that show. Love it. It's going to be insane to hear the reactions from that. And you know, this show. that's not even this city. This state loves wrestling. So you yes. already know you're going to get all the love. And starved for it in yes. such a big way. And then the week after, we have the forum in L.A. Uh, Fresno after that. Hey, and I'm on all, air in Fresno. Yeah, going into March. Uh March 5th is going to be Revolution pay-per-view and Chase Center. Wow. Where Golden State Warriors play. So that's going to be amazing. I'm a Steph Curry fan. So that's going to be big. And um, next uh, spring is where I'm releasing my first solo album. Oh, come on. I've been working on that. Uh, that's going to be pretty pretty dope. Uh, man, Source City Podcast, possibly do that. Here in Seattle, live one day, definitely doing on Jericho Cruise. Uh, we there's just so much going on that I don't want to speak on yet. I want yeah. you to watch the product and follow along and follow the movement, follow the breadcrumbs that we're leaving. Yeah, it's going to definitely do something that's the the culture is going to be very proud of. It's going to change the industry. It's going to put a lot of people on top that you never expected, and it's going to literally 
be start a trend where people are going to want to follow behind it. I love it. Yeah. Well, shoot, make sure you guys are following the movement, okay? Uh, until next time, I once again want to thank Swerve for popping up on me on this rainy, rainy Friday, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like when you guys actually watch this, but right now it is raining in Seattle. So, of course, you guys, until next time, you already know what I'm going to tell you to do. Have an amazing rest of your day, and of course, keep that energy high. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.